Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. All right. Should we go to the Bible this morning? Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'm going to start a new series this morning called The Fast A Fasted Life. And I'm not I don't know actually know how long this will be um, because there's I'm going to deal with the subject of fasting, but I'm going to deal with it in a way that you probably have not heard. Uh, well, you probably, maybe you've heard it before, but I'm going to deal with it in such a way um, that uh, it's not, I'm not going to go into great detail telling you how and what to fast. I'll just put it to you like that. Okay. I believe in the New Testament. And actually, if you go through the New Testament, you won't find a uh, a place in the New Testament where you're commanded to fast. Watch this. This is going to be fun because some of you are thinking right now, are you sure? Go look. <laughs> go look. Go dig. You're not going to find a place where you're commanded to fast or where there's detail on how to. Okay? Go look. See if it's there. See if, I'm, see if I'm telling the truth. If you prove me wrong, I will take it as long as it's biblical. Okay? But I'll, I'll just tell you this. But the principle of fasting is established in the scriptures. How many realize that? So I'm not telling you don't fast. I'm just telling you that in the New Testament, you know, there's no... We see that Jesus fasted. We see Paul said he was in fastings often. Did he tell you how he fasted? Did he tell you what he fasted? Did he command the people that he was writing to to fast? He did not. And so I want to I deal with this, and I want to deal with a fasted life. And it, we're not going to get into a lot of detail on fasting or anything like that right away. We're going to deal with something else first um, in laying the foundation for this. But I really do believe that um, with the current situation that took place and, and just the month now that we've, uh, or a little well, I think it's actually almost exactly a month. Or is it a little longer for Billings that we've been sheltered? It's been longer for Billings, right? Because we had the county health official uh, shut us down before the rest of the state. But um, I want to, in, in thinking about, in praying about, in uh, looking at how people have responded to different things that have taken place, both in the church and outside of the church, I, I realize there's some people that are well-established in their relationship with the Lord, and there are some people that are just not. And I'm talking about believers. Not, I'm not talking about the world. I understand the world freaking out. I don't understand the church. I just don't. Now, I understand it from the standpoint of, you know, you're new in the Lord and you just don't know. That's totally understandable because people are at different levels of spiritual growth. And so I can't assign a, a, a general thought like that to everybody because, you know, we don't do that with our kids. We don't expect our, you know, newborn baby to clean the house, you know. But how many know the newborn baby at one day will have the potential? <laughs> okay, so you got to do that with spiritual things, too. you got to realize where people are at. Here's the interesting thing about this, and I believe you'll see the relationship both naturally and spiritually. You can have a believer who's been saved for 20 years but has functioned in fear that entire time, and they still have not developed like they should. 
So even though they have the general uh, principles or the general uh, church kind of lingo and way of doing things uh, kind of settled in their life. Maybe they're a, a faithful church attender to all the services. Maybe they, you know, they faithfully give to the Lord financially. They, they, maybe they serve in areas in the church. That doesn't mean you're living in a place of intimacy with the Lord. It's a good sign that you've moved a little ways. And that you're growing and developing. People think, well, I serve every week. That doesn't mean I'm spiritually mature. But it's a level. It's a level. But being spiritually mature or being a disciple of the Lord really has to do with uh, having intimacy with Him. And there's a whole lot more than just natural things that take place. People say, well, I read my Bible every day. Do you remember what you read? And have you applied it to your life? You say, where are you going with this? To a fasted life. The disciples in the early church, Christianity was not a social club, even though there's a social aspect. Christianity was not a, uh, we do good things so that we can feel good about ourselves club. Even though there is the aspect of doing and giving benevolence and, and, and showing the love of God through tangible measures. Christianity is about you no longer existing and the resurrection existing in you. Christianity is not a role. Do you know what I mean by that? It, Christianity is not a, I signed up and now I'm a member of this church. Christianity is a fellowship, a relationship. It is a transfer, a transferring, a transference from one kingdom into another. It's a spiritual change that takes place on the inside of you. You've now gone from a place of being a child of the enemy, of Satan, to a child of God. You've been translated out of one kingdom into another. And that translation is a spiritual, it begins with a spiritual seed on the inside of you. And that from there, that seed in good ground, in the heart of your ground, is to be watered, fed, and developed until that seed of the resurrection overtakes every portion of your soul, listen to me, and every portion of your physical body. Salvation is a spiritual thing that took place on the inside of you, but just like a seed goes into the ground, it's designed to grow up through you and bear fruit through you. Does that make sense? And so, I, I had this thought, and I think the Lord had said it to me at one point, and I, maybe I posted it on Facebook, maybe I didn't. But the idea of, and this is what the Holy Spirit had dealt with me about, People need to, we, me, we need to be aware of the areas in our life that, sh that were shook during the storm. You say, why? Your foundation's weak there. Does that make sense? Okay. So what, now for me too, because everybody in here, I'm not saying you yielded to it, but something could have moved you. At what, going through your life, thinking about what has taken place over the last month, at what points did your 
emotion, your whatever, get excitable. And you had to really pull yourself and reel yourself in. Now, if you didn't, praise the Lord. You know what I mean? That's awesome. You're growing, you're developing. But at what point, were, do you realize that this is partially kind of a shot over the bow? And we know what that means. You know what that means. So in, in old time battle, ship, ship warfare type thing where, where uh, ships on the sea would, they would shoot over the bow of an enemy and let them know, look, if you surrender, we won't shoot your rudder out. <laughs> we won't attack. This is a warning shot, so to speak. So where, where did that warning shot affect you? Did you instantly go into panic mode about your family? Come on, everybody had thoughts. I mean, everybody had thoughts come to them. Did you think about in your mind, did you start going down the list of, did fear start motivating you in your responses? Or did you do what you know to do, which is continue to dwell and stay in the secret place? Okay? Is that what took place? Was it an issue of, okay, I responded to this in such a way that wasn't, you know, things, how about, how about this? Things rose up in me I didn't realize were there. That's a better way of saying this. I'm, try, I'm working my way around here trying to figure out the best way to say it so that you'll understand. Things rose up in me that I didn't think were there. I didn't realize were there. Because this will happen. When you're under pressure, how many know a sponge, if it has water in it, if you push on it a little bit, what will happen? That water will do what? It'll come out. And this is something Brother Hagin used to say to us all the time. If you want the word to come out, get yourself full of the word. What happens in your life when everything is taken away? So, you know, like, uh, this was a big deal, and I heard different statistics. Alcohol sales went up 50%. Why? Because there are unresolved issues in people's lives, and I have to medicate myself to deal with this situation. Right? People... People, you know, like companies like Netflix and Amazon and all these things. Now's a great time to binge watch. Actually, it's the worst time to binge watch. And if you're letting Netflix lead your life, you need to repent. <laughs> okay, you need to. Well, I'm addicted. Well, then you need to get rid of it. Somebody say amen. Oh, let's practice. Praise the Lord. Hey. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? If the Lord's leading you, then your circumstances are not controlling you. Right? So that word is for me, right? That word's for me, correct? That's word for that word is for us corporately, but it's word for us individually. We we are going to have to heighten our senses even more to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And, I'm, and it's important that we have prayer groups and all those things. Those are very important. But I'm talking about individually. Specifically individually. 
what, and I've always prayed, you know, in the spirit, prayed in other tongues. And we are a tongue-talking, believing church, okay, because it's biblical. And if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit with evidence speaking in other tongues, we can help you with that. You're missing out on a whole section of availability to God and prayer if you're not. But I always pray. But what I did in this time is I, the Lord led me to increase it even more. You know, some people are like, well, I can't, I, I just have a hard time praying in tongues. Set a timer for 15 minutes a day and do it until the timer goes off. Oftentimes what people are saying is, well, I just struggle with that. What you're saying is you're too up here and you're not enough here. I know that sounds simple, but it is that way. Okay? So your mind tries to wander and you're like, it doesn't feel like I'm doing anything. You're going by your feelings, not your faith. The Bible says if you pray in an unknown tongue, your spirit prays and your mind is what? Unfruitful. Just pray in tongues. Well, I don't know that anything happened. Just keep doing it. Don't quit. Keep going. Especially teenagers that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, either at camp or at different meetings, things like that. I know many of you have. You should be praying in the Holy Ghost. It should be, you know, in a spirit-filled household, you should hear your kids, you know, kids should be going up the stairs and you hear other tongues or going down the stairs. And you, you know what I mean? Not, uh, I'm going to kill that other sibling of mine. <laughs> now, I know you have to parent. I understand. We have kids too, you know. But, I mean, that should be encouraged, right? The problem is the church has agreed with the world and thought it was weird. Since when do we allow the world to determine our doctrine? <laughs> I mean, come on. You, people say, well, do you just pray in tongues in, the, in public? Yep, quietly. You do it in public? Yes, quietly. I may be doing it around you. You don't even know. So um, that's something that increased in me. And what I want to get to with this is that the importance of allowing the Lord to get us into a place of not individually, of not just going on a fast, but living a fasted life. Okay? So uh, let me give you some parameters, some thought to that in your mind. In other words, I'm going to take every day from this time to this time extra in prayer. And during that time, people say, well, what do I have to, you know, do I have to drink juice or drink juice and water? Do I, have I mean, I've, I've heard every kind of fast. And I'm not against any of them. I just don't think that you should be told which one you should do. I think you should let the Lord tell you what you should do. Now, um, some of you probably realize this, but I've been fasting since September of last year. Can you tell? I went from 200 and, ooh, what was it, 24 pounds down to 193. <laughs> Somebody said, praise the Lord. I was, <laughs> but what I did is I did not, how many know I didn't quit eating? I just put my body through a regimen. 
Now, I'd started working out before that. And I didn't change my diet at all. I did it in phases. Because I wanted to develop patterns in it. But you say, what is your, what is your point in that? A fasted life. So that's something, now listen to me carefully, that the Lord dealt with me about that I should do. I am not telling you to do what I did. I am encouraging you to hear from the Lord for yourself and let him lead you into what you're supposed to do. Does that make sense? Sometimes this happens in church, you know? Like people, the pastor will say, I'm calling for a fast. I think there is some good to that. I'm not against that. I've never had the Lord tell me that here, but if he did, I would. Or people will, will do this. They'll go, every, every beginning of the year, I go on a 21-day fast. If the Lord told you to do that, you do that. And then don't go tell everybody and condemn everybody because they're not doing it. Okay? Because fasting is individual. How many know Jesus said this? We'll get into this later. I know I'm kind of bouncing around here, but I'm just trying to shape your thinking in the direction that we're going. Jesus said this. You're not supposed to let people know. Come on. Didn't he say that? Okay. So fasted, a fasted life means the Lord's dealing with you specifically about something and you're doing it. Like I know with Mike, and this was a while ago, I don't think it's this way anymore, but he had a thing that the Lord had dealt with him about called workout Wednesdays. Still, still goes, it's still, it's still a must for, for seven years. That beats no workout ever for seven years. I better practice. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> In other words, how many know that one day a week for seven years has a greater benefit than no day a week for seven years? Come on, we got to think differently than we do. We got to think like the Lord thinks. And, and so I never heard Mike say, talk about his workout Wednesdays and think, I better start workout Wednesdays for me. But what it did do was this. It prodded me a little bit. What are you doing? And I have to, I don't, I'm not Mike's God. He's not mine. So we both have to seek God and hear from him on what we're supposed to do. Does that make sense? For you, it may be chocolate. Don't go there, preacher. I prefer hearing you laugh. I'm just, it's just so much better. Than just, I, but do you see what I'm saying? I don't know what it is. I'm not telling you what it is. I'm saying a fasted life. So what does that look like? What is it in your life that the Lord says, you know, Sean, this year I want you to work on this. How many have done this? You see all the areas that need to change and you try to start to change them all in one week. See, that's my temperament. That's why, just naturally speaking, because I, I'm more aggressive that way naturally, but that's why the Lord dealt with me. Start working out first. So what does that do? I get into the habit of doing that, and then it's now it's just a life pattern. I just do it. This is what it is. I've established it. 
And then the Lord says, now I want you to add this. And part of me, I know you would never do this, but part of me, maybe somebody you know would do it, but uh, part of me is, Lord, I don't want to do that. But then in fellowship with him, the Lord's like, you want to do this. And then we did it. It's just like with Heidi and I. We started out, we thought, okay, we got to get a budget here. And we did it. And we established it. And it has been a blessing. Amen? It has been a major blessing. Why? Because we're established in a pattern. We have a certain way that we live. And it's a godly principle, which means what? It's going to produce a godly result. Okay? It's going to produce a godly result. How many know this, guys? You've got to think in terms like this. It's better to save $1,000 a year for 10 years than it is to save nothing for 10 years. People say, well, you could have had this, but I have something that I didn't have before. And what else happened? I established a discipline in my life. I'm consecrated in an area. And how many know that the Lord is always this way? He just keeps increasing you, increasing you. Many times people don't do certain things because simply they don't believe they can do it. But if you start with something small and then work your way to, you know, people sometimes will do this, like with weight loss. They'll do this. They'll go, I lost, you know, 150 pounds in three months. Whoa! You know, and then you see them two years later and they've got their 150 pounds back. Why? No pattern was established. They did have a goal. How many have done that before? I have. Three honest people. Okay, good. You're like, well, you did. It wasn't 150 pounds, so I didn't have to raise my hand. <laughs> All right. So, my point in that is this: it's easier to do it incrementally and live a certain way rather than going high, low, high, low, high, low, high, low, and allow the Lord to. Uh, fully navigate your life in every area. That does not mean you'll never get to do anything that you want to do again or that you just naturally like to do. I've found the Lord's pretty fun. You know, there are times where I have to do things that I don't necessarily feel like doing, but it doesn't matter. When I obey Him, He makes up for it on the back end. People say, well, if I, if I do these things, if, I, if the Lord starts telling me what to do, he might tell me to be a missionary to China, and it'll probably be Wuhan. And <clears throat> You know i got to get my digs in, right? <laughs> if God tells you to go, go to Wuhan, China, COVID-19 will not have a chance against you. Amen? 2 Timothy 4. We better read a scripture before we go. Paul told Timothy, Timothy in fact, I'm going to get into my New King James. I have it in the Amplified, but we don't have enough time for all those words. <laughs> okay, 4 2. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. He said this Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Do you know, it, it, there's a lot of faith people that would, wouldn't say that. They wouldn't say that the time will come that they won't endure sound doctrine. Well, that's negative. 
Because people have misunderstood, they've twisted the word of faith. Did you know that? It's become twisted. They would say, oh, Paul, no, don't say that. We don't want to say that. People, we want to say the right thing so then people will do it. I can't control you with my mouth. I don't have, I don't have authority over your will. And that's what Paul was saying. What is Paul saying here? He said the time will come when they won't endure what? Sound doctrine. Is that happened today? Oh, man. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. And what will they do? But according to their own desires, how many know that when you give your life to the Lord, there is a laying down of your desires? Now, this takes faith because people plan their lives and then wonder why God won't bless it. It's because God has already planned your life. And if you want it blessed, you have to get it in line with him. What is that? A fasted life. Lord, you show me. People say, well, I've messed up this and that. Well, look, we've all messed things up, but thank God for his mercy. Amen? So, he says, there will come a time when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. In other words, there's a whole group that will be teachers that have a group that follows them, and they have a, a, a host uh, parent relationship, you know, they have a, a, a leech and then host relationship or however it works. I don't know all the exact terms, but in other words, one's leeching off the other and the other's leeching off the other. In other words, they develop doctrines around, preachers develop doctrines around what people want to hear and the people know that the preacher's going to preach what they want. And so what takes place? You develop an ecosystem of deception you develop a... See, this is why the written word is so important to know. Because how are you going to know if somebody's lying to you? You got to know the word, amen? But so he goes on to say this. They will turn their ears away from the truth. They will do what? They will turn their own ears away from the truth. And be turned aside to fables. But you, but you be watchful in all things and endure afflictions. Endure what? Well, I don't want to hear that. That's negative. It's just, well, I could be positive about it. I'm positive that you're going to have to endure afflictions <laughs> if you really believe the word. Okay, all right. So, do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. Do you know every person in here has a ministry? James chapter 1. Let's go to James chapter 1. Every one of you has a ministry. You know, sometimes people, and, they, and, and if your mind automatically goes to a picture of a preacher behind a pulpit, you don't know what ministry fully means. Most 99.9%, well, maybe it's not that high, but it's close. I'm going to go between 95 and 100% in there. Most people are called to the ministry of helps. Some people are sent and some just went. James 1 verse 25. No, 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 no. Yes, 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 yes. No. Oh, that's why I'm like, there is no James 1 25, but I'm in 1 John. So, you know, in truth, it's not there. 
Okay, James 1.25 says this. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, what do you have to do? And is not a what? Forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. If you want to remember what you read, do it. I used to tell the youth that I, when I was a youth pastor, I used to tell them this. I don't know you got it when you can repeat it back to me. I know you got it when you're doing it. And that's the truth. So he, don't be a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be what? Blessed in what he does. So what if you never do, what if you never live a fasted life? Will you be blessed in that area? You will not. Okay, you will not. You have to put it into place. All right. We'll wrap this up with our first point. We got through the introduction. That was pretty good. All right. Consecration. Consecration is my first point. So when you hear these words, you're going to have to do them. But consecration is my first point. Consecration means to be set. It means setting or installation. Like a stone is set in place. How many have ever... How many have ever seen a stone being set? Okay, that's the idea. That's the thought that you should have in your mind when you think about consecration. Merriam-Webster's dictionary says this. The definition for consecrate is dedicated to a sacred purpose. Dedicated to a sacred purpose. How many know marriage is a dedication to a sacred purpose? How many of you know raising kids and having a family is a dedication to a sacred purpose? How many of you know that your fellowship in a church is a dedication to a sacred purpose? Your relationship with the Lord, first and foremost, is what? It is a dedication to a sacred purpose. The purpose is what? First and foremost, your relationship with God must be a consecration in your life. This needs to be the number one thing above your kids, above your spouse, above your family, above everything in the natural. That relationship with the Lord is first. Okay? It's first. It's first place. So let's look at how Jesus did this. Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. I, wanna, I, want, you to sh- I want you to see something here. And I'm going to hit some points quickly to wrap and tie this up for you. Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. We just read this over the Easter uh, season. I don't know if we read it out of this gospel. I think we read it out of Mark. But this is the Garden of Gethsemane. The Garden of Gethsemane. How many know that Gethsemane means oil press? Did you know that? Yep, it does. Jesus was what? Boy, he was pressed. (laughs) But Gethsemane means oil press. Okay, verse 36. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. Consecration, and this is what we're seeing right here, okay? This is what I call the prayer of consecration right here. I think it's been called that before, but you'll see it here in a minute. Consecration, listen to this. Jesus said, sit there while I go over here and pray. He said, uh, you, you three disciples sit over here, and I'm going to go over here and pray. Consecration is an individual decision. It's an individual decision. We see that it helps to have people with you in faith, but it is an individual decision, and no one can obey for us in our place. Come on. 
Think about it. I cannot fulfill your call for you. I cannot live close to God for you. I can live close to God for me and I could assist you. But I cannot live your relationship with the Lord in your place. You say, why do you have to say it like that? Because there's people watching online and people have this mentality, I sinned, go see the priest. They do. And people say, well, no, I mean, we've developed. We've No, it's still just as rampant. I'll just tell you this. If I go through Walmart dressed like this, of course, staying six feet apart, but um, walk through like this, people will look at me and, and they'll, oh, yeah, you know, they may be nice, say hi, whatever. If I go into Walmart with a black shirt on and a collar turned around, I guarantee you I get a different response. Do you want to know why? Because they associate relationship with the Lord away from themselves. See, God is everywhere. Even in Walmart, I know. You wouldn't think, but yes, he does. (laughs) He's everywhere. And that's the reality that the church should be living in. Not only is he everywhere, he's in you. And everywhere you go, he goes. Maybe we should all just buy collars and walk around. You know, if we get arrested for that, I don't know. Anyway, okay, false advertising. Well, really, it's not, though, because we're all kings and priests. <laughs> Amen? All right, verse 37. So consecration, verse 36, consecration is an individual decision. Verse 37, and he took with him Peter, the two sons of Zeb- Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. How many know when you start fasting something, your flesh can feel it? People say, well, the Lord told me to do this. Well, did, it, did you have all these feelings of goodness? And sometimes, no. Sometimes it's just death to your flesh. I mean, no, that's okay. Well, I, I, I like to do this and I want to do it. What did the Lord tell you to do? <laughs> I got some head nods. <laughs> what did the Lord tell you to do? People say, there, I know, because I've done this myself, there are times where I won't pray about something because I, I'm afraid of what the Lord might tell me. I'm probably the only one that's that honest to say that. I don't know, maybe. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm concerned, what are you going to tell me, Lord? Like when me and Heidi first got married, or maybe it was before, I'd, I'd tell her, you know, I was just real zealous for the Lord. You can tell I've calmed down. But... Um, <laughs> I've just gotten more precise with my weapon. But anyway, um, when I was, we were first married, I, I told her, you know, if the Lord tells me to go to China, I'm going. You know, I don't know why it's always China. That was 20 years ago before coronavirus was ever around. Why is it always China? Anyway, okay, so it's always China because the Lord doesn't have anywhere else to go. So, <laughs> but I, I, I told her that and she would tell me, you know, she had to pray about that and really, you know, because she'd be really tall in China. That might have sounded a little more racist than I meant it to be. But my point is this, is that we all have these ideas in our head. And if we don't adjust in our consecration of our heart, how many know God's not out to kill you and just ruin all your fun? He didn't say, I came to be a killjoy. He said, I have come to give you life 
And oftentimes, I know in my own personal life, there are times where I realized I don't want to touch that because I don't believe that if he allows me, if, he, if I allow him to touch that, that my life will get better. I believe it will get worse. Amen. Come on. Even if you've been saved for 25, 30, 40 years, do you think you can live in a greater place of abundance with the Lord than you are right now? Is it possible that he has more that I don't even know about yet? But what is that going to take? That's going to take me laying down my life and going, okay, Lord, you take this. Now, we'll, we'll hit this first part of this prayer, and uh, then we'll, we'll stop. But it says this, then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. Now, I'm not telling you that every time the Lord asks you to give up something, you're going to have to come to church and go, Sean, I'm exceedingly sorrowful even unto death because <laughs> the Lord told me to give up cupcakes. You know, I... <laughs> we're Americans, so it's got to be food that we identify with, right? Now, I saw this meme, and you need to hear it right now. When somebody, when the restaurants are open and somebody asks you what restaurant you want to go to, you will not say, I don't know, because you've had like 40 days to figure it out. (laughs) But there are times where the Lord will deal with you about something and it'll feel like it's exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. But what do you know? If the Lord is dealing with you about something that feels like you're dying in it, that means that maybe there's too much of you in it and his life isn't coming through like it should. Which means, you're, which means I'm missing out on what? Abundant life. I'm just living life. I'm not having abundant life. So this is a prayer this week that you can pray. Verse 39. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Watch this. Nevertheless, what is this? Not as I will, but as you will. Not as I will, but as you will. Amen? Isn't that good? So this is something that we're going to get into here on this a particular subject, not as I will. And fasting can help us establish that. I know when I was first saved, I, um, I, I didn't, in my impatience, I didn't learn, it took me a while to learn how to, and I'm still growing in it, but really just sit and wait on the Lord. It's easy. See, we read, we read in, in these kind of snippets, you know what I mean? We don't actually know how long this took. You know, there's, it doesn't say Jesus prayed from, you know, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. It doesn't say that. I mean, there are times where that's recorded, different things. But for the most part, we don't know how long it took. But sometimes, in order for your will to get where it needs to be in conformity to his, it can take some time. This is something that the Lord's really been dealing with me about. 
I have not been stepping out in things that he's asked me to do. And I'm getting better and better at it. I've made a lot of mistakes in this area. But I'm getting better at it where I don't move until I know that I know. That I know. That I know that the Lord told me to do it. Because there are many times in my desire, my will, that I've jumped over his and went, come on, Lord. And he's going, no. I'm going, but Lord. You know, running backwards, trip, smack. And the Lord's standing back here. And he's saying what Grammy says. How's that working out for you? Listen, Grammy, you're how young? 85 years young. It, but the Lord told you that when you were 84, right? Before you were 84? So, but it wasn't when you were two. Okay. So if the Lord has to tell us, even at 80, 82, if, how many know we all have areas where he's going... How's that working out for you? I don't know about you, but I want it to all work out in line with his will. And then out of that, what will come about? Life and life more abundantly. Amen? So that's our goal here moving forward. So I want to do this. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Um, if you're on uh, line, I don't see anybody here necessarily that isn't saved. But maybe there is. Maybe somebody needs to rededicate their life. I don't know. But I always want to give this opportunity. I'm so excited for when social distancing is over. And then we can all come together again in uh, fullness. But um, if you're watching online or if you're here and you've never given your life to the Lord or you need to rededicate your life to the Lord... Um, This is not the prayer of consecration here. This is salvation. I just want to give you that opportunity. If that's you, would you raise your hand? I mean, I don't see anybody here. Now, online, if you are raising your hand or you're saying, yes, that's me, I'm going to pray here and these will follow after me and you can pray in your home. So let's just do this. Father God, I come before you in Jesus' name. I've walked away from you. I've sinned. I realize that I'm not born again, that I don't have Jesus in my heart, and I know by the conviction of the Holy Spirit that I need to receive Him. So Jesus, I receive you into my life as my Lord and Savior. Come into me, Holy Spirit. Make me new in Jesus' name. I believe the blood of Jesus has cleansed me from all unrighteousness. And I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen.
So if you did pray that prayer with us and you're online, if you want to contact us either via web, uh, messenger there on Facebook or the website, you can, which is faithfamilybuildings.com. We do have a Bible for you, a book, Seven Basics, and a couple of other books that we'd like to send to you um, to help you in your relationship with the Lord. Also, with that information, if you'd just give us your contact information, of course, as far as sending it, but we'd like to contact you and get you plugged in and involved in a new believers class as well. So, I just want to say to the internet group, God bless you guys, um, and we will see you on Wednesday night. So I just want to say that to you. God bless you. So would you stand with me here, please? Josh, are we still live or no? You are still live? Okay. Okay, now I'm good. All right, so I got to do this because I have to watch on the live stream. Um, Rick and Luann will be up here um, available. You know, you can't really social distance and lay hands on the sick. Um, I could suppose we could spit at you, but you probably wouldn't like... I mean, Jesus would not be able to live under these conditions. He, I mean, he made clay with spit. He spit and touched some guy's tongue. I mean, you know, the whole CNN would be all over that. Preacher intentionally spreads COVID-19, literally takes spit out of his own mouth and puts it... I mean, anyway... So if you do need prayer for anything, um, uh, Rick and Luann will be up here. We're going to go ahead and move out here. And uh, I'm not going to tell you to, you know, do your best, to, I guess, to say six feet apart. If you're concerned, like if it's a concern for you, that's fine. You're welcome to leave right now if you'd like to, if you're, if you're concerned about it. And we respect that. That's no big deal at all. Um, I'm not against any sort of, or I'm sure some of them are wearing gloves, you know. How many have gone through Walmart and seen masks and stuff like that? Um, or anywhere. I don't, what else is open? Home Depot. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, I'm not against any of those things, you know. I mean, you know, if you feel like you need to do it, especially sometimes people have different things going on where they have to be protected because of immune systems that are a little compromised. But how many know this? The worst thing we could do is be afraid. So no matter what you choose to do, whether wear a mask or not or any of those things, what, how, how you do it, just don't be afraid. How about? Can we agree on that? All right. No fear at all. We don't want any fear at all. So praise God. We will be here Wednesday night. We're going to see people again. And then Sunday as well. And I don't know what the phases are going to be as far as, you know, you can keep up to date on those things as well. But we'll keep sending stuff out as they come. And we'll also keep you posted on the other things as far as, um, you know, the fishing trip, the meetings and stuff like that. As of right now, everything in June is on schedule. Okay. As of right now. So, Father, we thank you. We worship you. We give you glory, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Your mercy and your grace. Thank you for your presence and your anointing. Lord, we receive faith words today imparted into us. Lord, we do. We consecrate to you that our prayer this week, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, God bless you guys. Have a wonderful next few days. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, 
visit faithfamilybillings.com.